Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is the midweek special. Thanks for joining us. This is the podcast only middle of the week update that we give you guys about what's going on out there in the world of construction design home improvement healthy homes and everything else hey caroline it's been a busy week already and we're already just creeping up on the middle of it i know and i think this midweek let's talk about like everything else i've got a lot of like gripes i know you do (laughs) i saw your post about social media yeah i kind of went on a tear (laughs) let's talk about that for a little bit I'm fine. Yeah, let's talk about influencers out there because, you know, it's interesting. And and what I feel bad about is many times homeowners and businesses go on and look for an expert. And they're like, okay, we need an expert to go represent our brand or I need an expert to tell me how to fix something in my house. And they go to YouTube and find uh, what they think is a reasonable solution from somebody that might have a million followers or half a million followers. And there are a lot of imposters out there that have no idea what they're talking about. I can go through and watch that video and go, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's going to get somebody hurt. They have no idea what they shouldn't have made this video. And, you know, looking at the stats on the views that people are out there following this advice and doing it wrong and it's dangerous. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a difference too, between promoting something And then also doing things that you know are not legitimate. So there's a lot of people who have followers on Instagram, for example, that they're paid followers. And if you, and and how you kind of can look at this and tell is if you go through, say somebody posts something, you'll see like four legitimate posts on like a celebrity post. Like, let's just take, there's some famous celebrities out there and you'll see four legit posts of other people. And the rest is all spam. Like you'll see posts and it'll say, it'll be in a different language. The comments won't be relevant. They won't make sense to Mm -hmm. the, and it's all fake. So, you know, my issue is like when I see someone like, and I'm I'm, going to call her out, I'm going to say JLo. I see JLo basically being a brand ambassador for things that she knows absolutely nothing about. And I think she's got so much money. One, I would be like, all right, why don't you just share the wealth a little bit and allow an expert to kind of really come in and, and be that, that go-to person for whatever it is. But I mean, does she really need more money? I mean, you know, it's just, I I don't know. No, but I threw that on the brand actually more so than even JLo, because what happens is, is that brand X looks at it and says, Hey, I want to reach JLo's audience. I don't know how many followers she's got. Yeah. Yeah. Audience, which could be 10 million people. And that's one thing I'm, I'm grabbing a celebrity, right? 
What I don't like is when the celebrity goes out, and this is where it really rubs me, the celebrity or even a YouTube star. Maybe they're a tool YouTube star, for instance, and they're all about power tools, and now they're giving remodeling tips, and they're not remodelers. They have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. That's where I get worried about because there's a lot of that out there where there are people out there, and you can go on YouTube or any of these other things that are people out there talking about stuff. They have no idea what they're talking about and it's dangerous and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help the brand either because the brand is sitting there thinking that they're going to reach, they're paying a quote unquote influencer to reach their hundred thousand likes followers fans. And there's only probably 5,000 of them there because they could have spent a thousand bucks and bought all those other bots and they're not real people. This goes back to like Tom Selleck with reverse mortgages. Like he's telling all these old people that they should like do a reverse mortgage. And I'm like, what does Tom Selleck have to do with that? Or even Joe Namath goes out on some limbs. <laughs> I'm crazy. But see, those are different though. Those are celebrity endorsements. And I think that's different sitting there is it for a celebrity to be sitting there. It is. It is because they're on there on a commercial and they're the spokesperson. So they're being paid as a spokesperson. I can understand being paid as a spokesperson, but I don't see Tom Selleck teaching people, you know, doing a one hour seminar on reverse mortgages. He's not right. He's just doing a 30 second commercial on the TV to say, call this company. I, think the I see those as two different things. So smeared. I think that you get to a point where you're a celebrity and you think you can endorse every product. This is my opinion. And I, and I'm going to stick with it. I don't think I think I lose respect when I see celebrities that are doing things like that. And and Tom Selleck, I think it was Tom Selleck or one of one of the guys. I was like, this is just mm -hmm. too much. So I don't know. You know, everybody's got their yeah, own opinion, that, but I, I like to see people. Yeah, stay that doesn't their, bother me. Right. Doesn't bother me personally because I look at it and go, oh, that's a celebrity endorsement. The, the news is, you know, if you turn on the television or streaming or whatever else, it's jam packed with celebrity endorsements. And, and I'm OK with that with them putting their, you know, personally putting their name out there where it rubs me raw is that someone is out there pretending to be something that they're not. And I think that's two different things in my book. Well, I'm okay if they use the product and they like it. Like Jennifer Aniston uses, you know, her oatmeal cream. I'm fine with that. But I just don't think that Tom Selleck ever did a reverse mortgage in his life. So that's where I guess, you know, it all depends on the, I guess the, the believability. So. Yeah. You know, oh, Ryan Reynolds out there pitching gin. I believe you know, that though. Or, you know, I mean, I think he's, yeah. I think he's in alcohol. You know, that's like a believable one. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I don't. I guess I don't put it as believable and not for a celebrity endorsement. I just look at it and go, "All right, is this person stating they're an expert?" Because I don't see Tom. From my point of view, I don't see Tom Selleck sitting there going. Oh, yes, I'm an expert <laughs> on reverse mortgages and you need to call my company here because I trained them all. These are all my people. I know all this. I don't see him pretending to be, for instance, an expert versus some of these other people are pretending to be experts. No, I get it. I Listen, I get your point of view, and but that's why I think yep. advertisers and marketers have to be aware that there's all these different points of view out there and they have to consider it. Because I think just because you yeah. get a celebrity doesn't or or any kind of expert doesn't mean that the audience is going to find it believable or even, you know, um, gravitate towards it, purchase something yeah. because of it. It's it's a slippery yeah. so slope. So I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, kind of going out there after the, you know, it's so easy for people. I mean, we could have done this. You know, we don't have 
100,000 followers. There's a lot of our competitors out there that if you pull up their Instagram, their Facebook or whatever, and you go, wow, they've got 150,000 people. But then when you see them post up and they're like, wow, that was a really engaging post. That was cool. Wow. There's five people that liked and commented it. That. How did that happen? And then the comments don't add up, right? They're, yeah. they're spam. Yeah, you'll see. And we, we patrol ours. We get that too, because we do have followers in other countries to the show. I mean, you know, 3% of our listening audience comes from, you know, India, for instance. And we do have people down there that are listeners of the show that think that they can post up on our Facebook and promote themselves and try to use our yeah, platform. Yeah, well, there's spam. I mean, like everybody has yeah. some percentage of spam. I mean, I do. I mean, there's people yeah. that, you know, all of a sudden you're seeing something about, hey, do you want to date somebody and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. And I oh, dump yeah. them off. There's a ton of that. <laughs> they sneak in there, you know. <laughs> there's there's a ton of that. And, you know, while I'm out here uh, complaining about some of this, the other thing I don't like is, and it really bugs me on LinkedIn sometimes, how many people that are trying to pitch to us podcast promoting? I get probably <laughs> five people a day messaging me that are not in my contacts list. I want to get you a hundred thousand more followers. No, you're not. I'm sorry. You're not. Thank you. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy that way. It's crazy that way. What well, else? Carolyn, you've been having, You've been having some remodeling stuff and you've been having a few struggles on your door. Yeah. So, you know, these are issues that we all face. I had um, a door that was ordered properly through documentation of an email, went to the lumberyard, lumberyard ordered it wrong. Someone ordered it wrong and we got a door going the wrong way. So now the door's installed and, you know, we weren't there when it was being installed. So come to come back to the house, right? And we see it and we're like, wait mm -hmm. a minute, this door's supposed to be opening from the right side, not the left side. What do you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, this door is in now. And what we were looking for from the lumber yard was some accountability that they did this wrong. It's just an apology. And I found that there was no accountability. No, I'm sorry. Instead, they tried to throw it back on us and blame us. And, you know, I mean, legitimately, the, it was correct. It was in the email and said exactly what we needed. Yeah. And it's tough because I've had plenty of job sites where this has happened, where I was the designer and the door went the wrong way. Now you're walking over the HVAC vent that's now in the middle of the floor that was put in front of it. And we've had to tear those doors right out again and redo it. Stinks. You know, I can, I can tell you four or five times that I can think of just off the top of my head where we've had to go back in and reinstall the entire door, pull the trim off, pull the other stuff off, you know, cut the caulking loose you know, reflash it, do whatever you have to do to get it back in again. And yeah, that's, that's not fun. No, That's not fun. It's lousy. So, so yeah, those are the joys yeah. of like, no matter who you are, where joys you are. Joys of remodeling. Yeah. I mean, it's the stuff we legitimately face as, you know, professionals or even just a person doing a project DIY. Yep. Absolutely. How about you? Absolutely. What do you have going on? You know, um, it's, I, it's back to school day today for us here in my local area. So it's uh, that cool time of fall where, you know, we're all hanging out. We're all doing our stuff here. It's kind of getting the late summer and the kid, school buses are driving by today, you know? So it's that for school's been in a lot of areas, you know, for weeks now, but uh, for us here in my neighborhood, it's uh, the first day at school back. And so it's uh kind of get that, uh, even though it's going to be a hundred degrees, 
it still feels like we have not, you know, 90 in the Northeast and, and high humidity. And we don't, the kids aren't in school yet. That'll be next week for us. But, you know, yeah. we talked about something briefly and I just want to mention it. Uh, our local high school is now playing the games, season games before school starts. And I told Eric about That's this. Strange. I found this strange that the kids now are engaging. And so, you know, if the season for football has started before school's even in session. So the first game was mm-hmm. last week. That's a new thing. Yeah, that's not something I've seen before, but maybe they're just trying to, you know, it's it's interesting with school sports and what happened over with COVID and that kind of stuff. Maybe they're just trying to to split it out so the sports don't overlap because I remember when I was in high school, if you played in one sport, the winter sport was tough because you would get overlapped. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Or maybe, you know, it's getting too cold for the kids and they want to get the football season started earlier. Uh, not for football. I mean... I think football's best played in the snow. Oh. I mean, I played soccer as a kid in the snow. They didn't call those games. I don't know. I don't see. It's probably weather. If anything, it's harder on the kids out there when it's 95 degrees yeah. and 90% no humidity than it is, than it is <laughs> when it's right. 35. Touché. You know what I mean? I did not think of that. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. But, you know, hard to say. It, it, it could be, you know, there's so many things that go into this stuff now with that and you know, I know that like, uh, for instance, you know, the marching bands and those kind of things, they start in the middle of summer mm-hmm. for all the people that are in the, in the music programs out there, they get going midsummer, which parents always have to deal with. I love you this know, time of year. I love fall. I like all the activities going on and things to do. I love pumpkins and I'm looking forward to all the cider and, you know, it, it's just good. Yeah. And one thing too, it's, it's good. We're not going to talk so much about this in the, in the radio show at all, but now is when parents are trying to figure out storage ideas because now they're starting to walk in from a day of work, maybe at the office, or maybe they're walking out of their home office and they see the backpacks and the shoes and a, and a sweatshirt all piled up by the front door. The and they're equipment? going, how are we going to control it? Like the yeah. lacrosse equipment, football equipment, baseball equipment. I mean, what do you do with that stuff? You really need some kind of store. I mean, you need cubbies. I don't know. You need some kind of storage for that yeah. garage. A lot of ways you can do that with, with cubbies, you know, and storage and furniture and things like that. When they come, sometimes you don't have room by the front door. So maybe they're coming in a, a side door or through the garage, you know, where you've got those kind of things. But I know a lot of people are trying to figure out how to, how to store things correctly because a lot of kids haven't been in school for a year and a half, two years. Right. It's- so that's pretty amazing that all of a sudden, they're going back. And I think with all of our, you know, schooling from home too, I think the kids now are going to lose their, for all of us in the Northern hemisphere here of, you know, the Northern part of the United States. I think those snow days now are going to be long gone. They're going to be, Hey, it's snowing out there. Log in. Mm. School starts at eight. Yeah. It's so true. No more losing. None of that. Go out and play in the snow. (laughs) Nope. It's a snow day. Zoom starts at eight. (laughs) Mobile, people are going to go, what? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you got going on the rest of the week, Caroline? You got a bunch of clients and stuff or what's happening? Clients. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about California. I've been doing a lot of work in Los Angeles, a lot of moisture issues we're seeing. Um, I've got water testing. This is a great time of year to test for mold. So if you are looking to get your home tested, you can do, go to examinair.com, E-X-A-M-I-N-A-I-R.com. Get yourself a home mold test. Check out your allergens and mold. This is the perfect time of year to do it with the humidity's high. 
Um, and also water testing. Make sure you don't have E. coli, yeah. coliform, bacteria. Get that all checked out. See, we have no humidity problems here. We have not had rain in like 55 days in my area. So our humidity has been low for two and a half months. Ugh. So we're hoping for some humidity. I need some humidity here because we have this layer of dust now that's been coming in. It just gets tracked in from everywhere because it's outside. You're driving around and you can see the little bit of dust on the road and it's it's kicking up from the cars going by and it's very not what we have here. It reminds me of living in, in Texas or in Eastern Oregon, Eastern Washington, Arizona, Southern California, out hmm. away from the cities because there's just a layer of dust anywhere. I can go out and blow my driveway off and get some leaves and stuff and fur needles that have come down and I have to wear a mask because it looks like I'm pig pen from peanuts out there. I have a 20 foot high dust cloud. cloud of dust just from blowing the driveway off. You get a lot of those, Eric has a lot of those needles, like the fur needles. Those are like, oh, I, the worst is the car. Like when they get all trapped in your windshield oh. and down and then you got to open up the, the hood and then you got to blow all that out because those little needles are like everywhere. Oh, you need to get a pitchfork here. I mean, it's literally uh, just take your hand and scoop it out. You could literally, if you don't do it once a month when you're cleaning the car and stuff, you know, go in and because it doesn't get car wash doesn't get that. No. You have to literally pop the hood, get in That's there. That's in and, all those crevices. Scoop it out. And those like little oh, it's water channels like get in your under your hood and between the door jams and stuff. That's a mess. And the trunk. And the worst part for us is the sap. Oh. The sap coming from those trees. You, you get all these little drops. To get those off, to get that sap off without being toxic. Is there um, something you can use? It's not like. Yeah, you just, I, I buy the spray can of the, of the sap remover yeah. that is, you know, alcohol can get it, but then you're taking the wax off. So, you know, you're just trying to get that stuff off of there. So it's so sticky and nasty. There is sap remover for cars that you can get that's specifically made for that, but that's tough. It's tough to get that off. Do you of have a gar- you it, have a uh, garage or a, a car? You have an area where you keep your car parked there, so it doesn't get all that. It's covered. Uh, just for the just for the convertible, everything else, my truck and oh. Julie's SUV is sitting out in oh, the driveway. No, that so stinks. It, 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 <laughs> a couple times a year, a couple times a year, about this time, I'm out there. Right before I get it washed, I go out there and spend an hour and get all the sap <sighs> off of it. Then go get it washed and make sure they put the ceramic coat on the outside so it stays off of there, but. You know, there is no solution there. And then on my truck, you know, it's an old truck. I've been working on it. And uh, one of the issues it had was sometime in its life when it was a farm on a farm, it was, you know, I think it was a rancher's truck. It's in really good shape. But I think that they had hard water getting sprayed from sprinklers on it. Really? From from all over the top of it. Because all the glass has water spots on it. Hmm. Interesting. So I've been going through and polishing all that glass and removing those water spots because I want to get the windows tinted, but if you put tinted windows with those water spots, it looks even worse. So I've been going through and polishing it up, getting that all detailed <laughs> in and make sure that looks all good because uh, uh, that's one of the new upgrades I want to do in the truck one of these days. It's a 1995. It's got its... It's Gotta got have its, a truck though. Every, you know, cut out every household, it. I feel like you have to have a truck. Old, young, new something you need especially if you're doing DIY oh projects gosh. you have yeah. to be able to haul stuff yeah i and and even when having a truck and i'll do this before we go here because i'll give some advice based on some of my bad decisions that i've made over the years 
There are times, even when you have a truck, that you should have it delivered. I've made some mistakes picking up siding for my garage that I built 20 years ago. I picked up a unit of siding. Well, problem was it was 16 feet long, and I put it in the eight-foot bed and then did some straps and stuff and and put some stuff to strap it down. And uh, it was so backloaded that the front wheels, I had a hard time steering on the road because the wheels were barely touching in the front. When I'd get going too fast, the lift was so much I couldn't steer the truck. So I had to just do 20 miles an hour and I should have turned around and went back and had it delivered. But stupid stuff you do in your 20s that I'll never do again. What do you think about these like SUV vehicles that are super big where you can, I saw Infinity has a, I think it's called the QX80. I was just looking up when you were talking about trucks, but they have these big SUVs that sort of fold down and, you know, you could put things back there. You could put an eight foot of, you know, if you wanted to pick up lumber or something, but I just feel like they're, you know, if you get a mess in there, it just creates like more things where you have to clean up. That's why I still like a truck with a bed, you know? You can just power wash it yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I even had a Chevy Avalanche at one point where the back seat folds down and you could have it with an eight-foot bed, and it literally was designed to do that. But the problem is, is even getting lumber, you're scratching up the inside of the That's truck it. or the Great. SUV. You're scratching up the, you know, you're, oh, I bumped the headliner. Oh, man, I got a mark on the headliner, you know? So it's one of those things that always just gets kind of ugly where you're like, oh, man. So I don't like to get the inside chewed up. And then if you've got like concrete bags or something crazy, it's even worse because that's now well, blowing around up into that's the car. It. That's it. I, I tried to wrap myself around this. Like I was looking at these things, like, could this be a potential car for someone who does, you know, some DIY and, and is heavy, but I, yeah. I just don't see it working so well, but interesting, right? Yeah. Not a fan, not a fan. And I've tried it. I've tried it. Oh, I can do both. No. Nah. I say you're better off getting that old truck out there. I know, and, like having and, uh, some kind of truck, like even if it's really old and it's got a lot of mileage on it, like pick it up. Now you can't pick up a car for anything, but. Well, that's the funny part is I bought my truck and I bought it at the lowest part of the market for that year. I think I paid four or 5,000 bucks for it. It's great. And I get offers for 12,000 all day <laughs> long for it with people wanting to buy it insane. And I'm like, nope, because I'm not going to replace it for that. So not going to sell it. But that's how that goes. I like All right, Carolyn, we got a great show ahead this weekend. This is going to be a lot of fun. We got uh, an hour or two. We got Walt Tamala coming back on. We're going to be talking about exterior waterproofing and uh, weather resistant barriers and kind of trying to break down all the different brands. Walt is our building, building side guy. It's like Bill Nye, the science guy, but he's a building side guy. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, he's an educator that I've worked with for years, which is awesome. And then hour number one, we're going to dive into a hot subject that we really haven't done before. The top 10 things you should consider before becoming a landlord. This was actually a really, really, really good show. I mean, I didn't realize how much you need to know. So take a listen before you think about renting your space out. Yeah, it'll be something educational for you. Well, we're running out of time. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the House. Somewhere unseen and 
Eric G from around the house. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.